This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 219. Well, you know, I, I'm big on the education piece, okay? I mean, I don't think you should invest in anything unless you really know the ins and outs of it. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's up, man? Hey, not much. It's a fine spring afternoon today, isn't it? Happy March 23rd. Happy, happy March. Yeah, we're recording this a few weeks early, but it is, uh, it is officially springtime now, isn't it? When did that happen? It feels like we here in Denver have not had a winter after December. I don't think it snowed. um, It snowed when I was there. February. Did it? Yeah, it snowed when I was there. But like an inch. And then like the next day, it was warm again. Yeah, Yeah, whatever. It's been warm. But happy spring. Global warning. Science. (laughs) No such thing as global warming. All right. So today. Uh, today we've got kind of a cool show. We've got uh, a, a, a doctor on the show. What's up, Doc? Yeah, what's up, Doc? And uh, he tells Josh all about you know what's wrong with his face, and so we finally get to learn what's, wow. what's wrong with Josh. Well, he, he's an onco- he's an oncologist, and we actually yes. talk about that 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 problem that I'm trying to get removed up from the show. Um, <laughs> we do anyway, but before with, we get to all beard. that, yes, with a beard. Um, before we get to that, we, before we get to that, how things how are things, man? Things are going well. Things are fantastic. I know you and I just both finished the same book, which we didn't know each other were reading. Which no, we was didn't. Essentialism. Essentialism. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic book. I, I actually just talked about it in our our all hands bigger pockets team meeting this morning, and uh, it's great. I, I I just love the idea of of you know breaking things down to their their very basic core and doing those things that matter most and not wasting time or energy on everything else. I agree. Yeah, I like I like that book a lot. It reminds me a lot of the one thing, which is also one of my favorite real I mean books in general, and yours too. So agree. Anyway, yeah, agree. it was just funny that we were both like you were you said you you're reading it. I'm like, I'm reading it. We were like at the same spot and everything. Yeah. It, was, it was weird. Yeah. That was cool. You know what else was cool today actually? What's that? So I'm working and all of a sudden <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> wow, that was strange. I'm working and all of a sudden I see like somebody come in and they go to our kitchen here at the office and they start dumping all this stuff and I'm I'm not really paying attention. And then I find out that Darren Sager, oh, uh, who Darren. I don't know what show Darren Darren was a guest on, but Darren was a, has been a guest on the podcast. He's one of our moderators, and uh, he runs a, a meetup in New York, New Jersey for real estate investors on BP through BP. Uh, so Darren had gone and bought lunch for everybody here at Bigger Pockets. It was awesome. That's awesome. I wonder wonder what it tasted like. I bet it, it was, was good. Qdoba delicious. Oh, I bet I bet that was Taco you know Tuesday. You know what I had? I had soup. Thanks, Darren. Nice. nice job. Thank you, Darren. We loved it. Everybody here was really, really excited about it. So thank you. Thank you. That's anyway, cool. things anyway. are good, man. All things right. are good. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. 
Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com VP. Connectinvest.com VP. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes, and there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24/7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Now, before we get to the interview, I know we got lots of stuff to get through house cleaning here. Let's get to today's quick tip. Good job. Today's quick tip. What is today's quick tip, Brennan? Biggerpockets.com slash invites. I-N-V-I-T-E-S. Invites. Yes. That's where you go and you invite your colleagues, your connections to join you on Bigger Pockets. So if you're a member and your agent isn't on the site or your lender or, you know, some of the other investors you know or the, some of the people that you think might want to be like your investors. Mom. Like your mom. Your, don't talk about my mom, dude. Is your mom on Bigger Pockets? She might be. <laughs> I'm going to go friend she request her or colleague <laughs> request her. Yes. Anyway, anyway, you can invite anybody to join you on Bigger Pockets. We create a little referral link and you can actually share your referral link on social media. You can send emails out however you want to get people to join you on the site. You can do that. Biggerpockets.com slash invites. There's a fancy little Facebook button. I just clicked it. I never clicked it before. And it like actually shares this nice, cool looking little create a Bigger Pockets account page on your Facebook. So try it out. I love it. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Hey, guys. 
Again, this is show 19 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. As we like to do from time to time, we are always looking for ratings and reviews. If you have not yet left us a rating and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it, please do leave us a rating review. Subscribe to the show and uh, spread the word. Let people know about the Bigger Pockets podcast. We're a top 150 show consistently of every show on iTunes. And uh, we're not a top know, it's, 10 it's remarkable. of all shows. So until we're beating, uh, what's that? Richard Simmons is missing or whatever. Until we're beating one. that, we ain't good enough. Cereal. Yeah. yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> Tell your friends. Get us up there. All right. Today's guest is Dr. Kenyon Meadows. Dr. Kenyon Meadows is a practicing radiation oncologist, and he focuses on alternate investment strategies and things like that. So it's really cool. We'll talk about exactly what is an alternate investment strategy. He lives in St. Simmons Island, Georgia with his two kids. Great guy, some really cool ideas. And this is a a very, very cool show. I was very excited to record it and learn about some great new ideas. So, And and by the way, real quick, I'll say we're going to talk a lot about private lending at the beginning of the show. We just talked a lot about it. But even if you're not somebody who wants to lend out private money, listen to what he has to say because you're talking about getting inside the mind of somebody who might lend you money on a deal. Like this is how private lenders think. Here's how you can attract them. Uh, You guys will learn a ton from that. That's a great point. Really, really good point. Yeah, I mean, everything we really talk about in the show comes from that perspective, the perspective of some who's uh, potentially going to lend through crowdfunding, through private lending. And well, he's a turnkey investor as well. But yeah, there's definitely some great ideas, even if you are not yourself looking to do any of these strategies. Uh, Stay tuned and listen up. All right, Kenyon, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you here. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we begin at the beginning of your story? I mean, who are you? What do you do? And how'd you get into real estate? Like a doctor, isn't he? That's what I heard. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm practicing radiation oncologist. So uh, my my day is spent taking care of cancer patients, treating them with radiation, and so that's um, that's where I spend most of my time. And when I'm not busy doing that or with my family, I'm a fairly active uh, investor in alternative assets in general, including real estate. Right. Okay. Alternative well, assets. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, let's that? get a definition on on that alternative assets thing. Yeah, well, the financial people define it as basically anything other than traditional stocks, bonds, mutual funds, CDs, money markets, the things that we're we're all pretty familiar with. So anything else is an alternative. So real estate falls in that category, precious metals, you name it. Everything else is an alternative. Okay. Okay. And, and why mm-hmm. did you decide to get into alternative asset investing? Well, you know, basically some bad experiences with traditional investing. I, I really took a took a beating with the uh, 2008 market downturn. And, and, and while the stock market's gone up pretty well this past year, I mean, if you look back over the last, you know, from 2000 to 2015, the returns really aren't that great um, when you factor in things like inflation and taxes and everything. So I just basically wanted to figure out some different ways to invest money that wouldn't be subject to the sometimes pretty big downturns of the stock market. So that's what got, got me interested. Yeah, it's great. It's a really, really good idea. Obviously, you know, we, we, we talk about that a lot on, on the site. We talk about you know, the, the sense of control that comes with buying real estate. We don't obviously talk about uh, precious metals or oil or, you know, some of the other stuff that uh, I think you're, you're talking about here. But yeah, I mean, even now, like if you look at the, the, the market, a lot of people argue it's extremely overvalued. There's a lot of 
bets being placed on uh, a massive drop in taxes, which may or may not happen. And, you know, we're looking at PEs in the upper 20s of the entire market, which is uh, it's pretty crazy. So having alternatives to the stock market is awesome. And, and obviously, this is a real estate show, so we're going to mm-hmm. focus on that stuff. So usually what we'll do is kind of ask people about how they got started in real estate. So why don't we just do that with you as well? How'd you get into the real estate side of this? Yeah, so so really, my my very first alternative investment in any serious way was uh, doing private mortgage lending, both to house flippers and also to some buy and hold landlords who had you know exhausted their their supply of traditional mortgages and needed some private money. So that was really my first uh, foray into any type of alternative. Was that? <laughs> And how did, how did that happen? You just said, hey, I'm a doctor. I've got some cash on the side. I'm going to just lend money to, to flippers and landlords. And, and that was it. And how, how do you make that happen? Um, well, honestly, asking around, basically. So anybody that I could get my hands on, I asked them you know, what they were doing investment-wise that was, that was unique and new and everything. And ironically, there's actually a, a pastor I ran into at a, at a dinner party who told me that he did some private mortgage lending and I'd never heard of it. And after he explained it to me and put me in contact with some of the people that he he loaned money to and, you know, doing all the due diligence and learning about the process and everything. So it, it took some time. I'm pretty careful with this stuff and, and I'll, I'll go through and, and read and, and talk and, and, and find out everything I can. But uh, once I got comfortable with it, you know, I, I plunged on in. Well, that's, I mean, It's an interesting start, and particularly given you found somebody so shady to help you out, like a pastor. Oh, come on. Hard to trust those guys. So, so are good, good, good folks. Good, good folks. yeah, good folks. So, <laughs> all right. So, let's talk about so you. You decided to get into this. What was your very first private lending deal like? I mean, how did that go down? Can you kind of explain, like, how, you don't have to say name names, but like, you know, how did you that first deal happen? Yeah. So once I got comfortable with the person's track record, and again, I, I talked with lots of investors that had done prior deals with them and, you know, got comfortable with the whole notion of, okay, well, what's an ARV, you know, what, what's a scope of work and, and what's the rehab budget. And then, you know, what's, what's my loan to value. And I had to get comfortable with all those concepts. Right. And once I got convinced that, you know, I was in at a good, a good loan to value, I was well protected and, you know, at, a, at an interest rate that was attractive, you know, you know, with private lending, you know, you could easily be in the double digits, 12, 14 percent, that kind of thing, which for me was a real revelation. I mean, I had been looking around for yield on things and it was really hard to find anything like that in the traditional yep. realm. So I was you know, pretty excited to do it. And, you know, when it worked out and the project finished on time and, you know, you You've been getting interest payments the whole time and you get your money back and you can do it again. I mean, I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty, this is pretty nice. That's cool. Nice. That's cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, so go ahead. I, I was going to ask a quick question on the interest payment since you mentioned it for those people mm-hmm. who don't know. So I go, I lend money to a flipper. The flip may take six months. Mm-hmm. So how do you structure those payments? Do you get you know paid every month? How, do, how does all that work? Yeah, I, I typically have always structured mine as a monthly payment. You know, despite the fact that you you know you do your due diligence, you know the person is good at it and everything. You know, you you want them to have to. I think you want them to have to write you out you know a check every month to kind of just remind them that they have these payments and to just give them that little extra extra kick to get the project done. 
So yeah. that, that's how I generally structure it. Yeah, cool. that's, a, that's a good point. Uh, you know, I've done when I borrow because I've I've borrowed private lending and I've lent private money, but but I've I've done a lot of borrowing, right? And sometimes it's monthly payments. I just pay monthly interest only payments. So if I'm borrowing a hundred grand and I'm paying you know, 12% interest, I'm paying a thousand bucks a month. Right. So mm-hmm. the other times though, like especially the last couple of deals I did, I just did it all one lump sum payment at the end. So, and you know, mm-hmm. they both have, I mean, that, that one lump sum payment at the end was really, really nice, but I also didn't have that quite the fire underneath me that, uh, that I did when I have that thousand dollar a month payment coming. So, uh, exactly. I, I can definitely see both. So you mentioned a minute ago, uh, a couple terms that you said you had to kind of mm-hmm. learn what these terms are. I want to actually go through those with you real quick, if you don't mind. And yeah. in case there's people out here that have no idea what they are. So first one, you said ARV, what do you mean by that? Oh, uh, that's the, the after repair value or, you know, what, what the person is confident they'll be able to sell the property for once it's all fixed up. And why do you care about that as a, as a private lender? Well, you know, basically that the more generous that ARV price is, the more protective equity you have in the, uh, in the project. So however much you loan on it, you know, again, private lending, you kind of want to loan maybe 65, 70, 70% is a kind of a benchmark number. So you, you basically have that as a protective cushion in case maybe they don't quite hit that, that ARV and they might have to lower the price down a little bit. You're still protected because you're, you're in the loan for, uh, for less. Okay. So on that note, let's run in a quick example. Let's just say mm-hmm. I'm for easy numbers, a property yeah. that has an ARV of a hundred thousand dollars. You said you'll typically mm-hmm. let out 65% we'll say for that, which means mm-hmm. $65,000. So let's mm-hmm. say I'm an, I'm a lender, I mean, I'm an investor and I come to you and I say, Hey, I've got this great deal and uh, I can buy it for, you know, $40,000 and it needs $25,000 of work. So total of 65,000. Mm-hmm. Will you lend me that entire $65,000, including repairs, or do you want me to have something in there as well? Yeah, generally speaking, I like to have the uh, the person have some money in the deal as well. Now, I will tell you, I've been working with some people for a while now and have done several deals and have gotten comfortable basically pushing that up and, and loaning more and more on the project. But that's only for folks that you have a, a good track record with. Yeah, and, and to add one point there, uh, if I came to you with that exact same situation, $100,000, and I said, hey, I got this great deal under contract for $5,000 and it needs $25,000 of work, now there's a much better likelihood you're going to lend me the entire amount, I would assume, because right. you win no matter what. You would love if I didn't pay you and you had to take the property back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so a lot of it yeah, but, just comes but, out of the deal you yeah. get as well. Right. You know, before, for a passive guy like me, though, that, that's kind of been always my theme with my real estate investing because, I, you know, I definitely have a day job that keeps me busy. I don't want to yeah. necessarily go through the hassle of taking that property yes. back. And fortunately, <laughs> that has not happened thus far. Oh, well, that's good. That's, that's good. Great. Well, and I think mm-hmm. I think that's a good question then. Have you been still? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I was going to ask, like, so how, how do you, you you talked about the pastor and the references to other other mm-hmm. real estate investors for, for somebody who may not have the network that you have or the connections. How, how would you suggest that somebody would go and vet um, a real estate investor who wants your money? Well, you know, for me, so n- number one, the, the person, the, the, the rehabber's company, you know, kind of making sure, you know, checking county records, like is your company the one that's actually buying the properties? I checked that. I checked with, like I said, numerous people that had done deals with them in the past. I even spoke to some of the folks that um, were, were regular, like rehab crews they were hired. Like, you know, how is this person? What kind of work did they do? Um, is, are, is it quality? Did they cut corners? You know, that kind of thing. So I, I talked to kind of everybody I could along the whole process there, basically. That makes That's sense. great. Cool. That's really good. So what, what would what would impress you? You know, if if 
obviously somebody does good quality work. Uh, somebody's got a track record. Um, how much of a track record matters to you? And then anything else that you'd want to share on that? Well, you know, the couple of guys I work with, I mean, they routinely do, you know, 15, 20 or more flips a year. And another thing too, when they, when they're able to support multiple projects and, and they're kind of volume people, they don't sweat if they have to, you know, basically discount the property a little bit to, to move on and exit the deal and move on to the next. You know, they, these are not people that are kind of, you know, scrimping by capital wise. And that's that's really important, too, I think. So yeah. you're, you're talking you're working with people who are not on their first deal and broke like I need cash. It's <laughs> right. somebody who's maybe got two or three other things going on mm -hmm. and their, their capital is already deployed. They're just looking for additional capital for other projects. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Got it. So Got it. Okay. I have one more question unless you're going to. Yeah. Okay. So I'm wondering, like, let's say you are brand new and you, you on your first deal and you mm -hmm. want to get, you can't get a mortgage and you need a, a private lender. Do you have any advice for people that are in that situation right now? Wow. From what I, from, from listening to the forums and, and talking with people, it seems to me that if someone's really persistent, they'll be able, they'll eventually be able to find someone to, to give them the money. I personally, being the more conservative guy, I would think that, you know, sort of bootstrapping that first deal, maybe maybe doing some wholesaling or hitting up friends and family or, or something else where you, you, you're, you're doing that first deal, which may go wrong, not with sort of an outside investor's money, you know, somebody that's really outside of your initial circle. That, that'd be my advice. I, I think it's a, it's a dicey project to take, um, you know, really um, a third person, third party person's money if you're sort of just, just getting into things. Cause you know, there can be a lot of unforeseen things that go wrong. Yeah. That's no, that sure. makes sense. That makes sense. Hey, I got a quick question on real estate. Would radiation help me with my co-host problem? Oh. <laughs> with your co I didn't know you uh, had a co-host problem. <laughs> it's time. For it's time. For it's time. For the random five. All right, guys, so today we're going to introduce a new segment of the show, which if you were meticulous, you may have already heard. In fact, if you listened to the last few episodes of the Bigger Pockets podcast, we hid a little secret feature for you in there. If you listen all the way to the end of the show and then past Josh and I's rambling at the end and then past the music, the last few shows actually have a, a little hidden segment in there where we take the guest and we ask him some random questions. We call it the Random Five. And uh, today we're going to try something a little different. What color actually underwear are you wearing? I'm not going to answer that. We're going to answer right now in the middle, uh, middle of this episode here with Kenyon. We're going to ask him these five questions we just threw right arms. here. And we're going to <laughs> – no. <laughs> Who shaves their arms? And we're going to ask uh, Kenyon. So anyway, without further ado, let's get to the random five. Do you have any irrational fears? That was my question. Really? Sorry, I just took yours. Do you have any irrational fears, something you're afraid of that yes, is silly? Yes, I do. I know oh, you do. Oh, this is for Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> Pickles. Irrational fears. Yeah. Uh, yeah, phobias, anything like that. No, not really, man. All right. Not that I would say. Uh -huh. Yeah, Josh Plus, is Josh is afraid. I'm afraid of everything. I'm afraid of light. I'm afraid of dark. <laughs> I'm afraid of sun. I'm afraid of clouds. What? Grass. No, Josh. People, so, beards. <laughs> Calm down. You, you, Calm down. You're on some anti-anxiety anti medicine, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like cream cheese or pickle. <laughs> yeah, if, if there's a pickle, like I've been out to restaurants with Josh and he'll, uh -huh. you know, they'll bring out, he'll say to the, the waitress or waiter, no pickle uh, on my food. And then he'll be like, no, seriously, no pickle. I will freak out if there's a pickle. And they'll come out with the plate, and there on the plate is a pickle. And he will flip. I mean, he uh -huh. throws tables, and he shot yeah. a man once. I mean, 
<laughs> All, right, All right. Next question on the random five. Kenyon, do not listen to my co-host. Have you ever won an award? And if so, what was it for? Um, I run first team GTE academic all American football, small college football. Yeah. Oh, nice. Not bad. <laughs> there you go. Nice. That's cool. What, what position do you play? Defensive end. Nice. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, if you could sit down with your 15 year old self, what would you tell him or her? Well, what would you tell him? Put your hands away. <laughs> 15. Oh my God. Oh man. That, that's, uh, that's interesting. I don't know. Don't play video games all day. <laughs> at 15. You know, that's Nothing. a good answer. I like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. What? Oh yeah. I'm excited about this one. What was your worst <laughs> haircut? I can recall that, you know, so uh, you, you guys remember <laughs> in, in the early nineties, the old high top fades were going on kid and play. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I had a miniature version of that. And we're, we're getting uh, I'm getting it touched up in the locker room, football locker room in high school. And the guys are, you know, messing around and, you know, and, and they bump the dude's hand. Well, it's cutting my hair and just put, you know, it's almost like a little Gumby thing going on. <laughs> yeah. How tall was it? How tall was it? It, it was about it's probably about a good four inches. It, was, it wasn't it wasn't super tall, but it was a nice little block there. You know, it wasn't like yeah. an Abe Lincoln hat. But no, it wasn't that big. No. Good enough. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, you know, in, in high school, though, a messed up haircut like that. You know how that goes. Kenyon, if, if you can supply us or if anyone listening could supply us with <laughs> photos of Kenyon with said haircut, please do send them to. Yeah. No, you don't have to send them. We're not going <laughs> to. All right. My last question or the last question of the random five. Are there any household chores you secretly enjoy? Which ones and why? Secretly enjoy. Um, I don't mind sweeping up. There, there's something satisfying about, you know, seeing a bunch of crap on the floor and, and, and getting it up pretty quickly. I don't mind sweeping. All right, don't all tell right. my wife. though. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Man. Awesome. Well, let's let's, right, let's right. get back to this. All right. So <laughs> what would you tell somebody? I, I, I think we'll transition away from this for in, in a second. But what would you tell somebody that? You know, other doctors or attorneys or other professionals who are, you know, who are doing well or they don't have to be professionals necessarily. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these guys are thinking, you know, they want to deploy their capital. They're mm-hmm. thinking about being a private lender. It makes sense for them. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what pearls of wisdom would you offer to them as they just get into that stage of things? Well, you know, I, I'm big on the education piece. OK, I mean, I don't think you should invest in anything unless you really know the ins and outs of it. So certainly I'd recommend books, podcasts, you know, and sort of get the lingo down and, and sort of have a, a working knowledge of how it works. And then you ultimately I think you got to find a mentor, right? You know, somebody who's actually doing the same thing that you want to do and you know, take them to lunch, hang out with them, see how they've done, you know, pick their brain, that kind of thing. That's been huge for me. So I think those are two real key things. It's that's the thing, right? It does take a little bit of upfront work or maybe even a lot of upfront work. But once you get it in place, at least I found, you know, you find reliable people to work with upfront and those relationships, you know, it can really be productive for years. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, and I'm assuming, you know, while you're doing some of these other things that we're going to talk about, you're mm-hmm. continuing to lend out private money on the background, right? Yeah. Correct. Perfect. Correct. Cool. All right. So, so what came next? What other real estate alternative stuff are you doing? Well, yeah. The, the next thing was, was buying some, some physical property, some buy and hold. And 
And I was actually pretty reluctant to do that for a while, mainly because I, I bought into the notion that, you know, owning a rental, like no matter what, in, in terms of having a property manager or this and that, it was going to be a hassle um, to deal with. So I was pretty darn reluctant to do it. And But as it turns out, one of the uh, folks I was loaning money to, to, to help them build their portfolio, ironically, uh, another uh, physician and, and wife couple, he, he works and he and she runs the, the real estate portfolio. As I was help as I was loaning private money to them, they were the ones that were encouraging me like, hey, hey, Kenya, you know, loaning the money's great. Getting these high interest rates are great. But, you know, if you're going to build some some permanent wealth, you got to own this stuff. And 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 the interest payments, they aren't they aren't taxed. You know, there's no favorable tax treatment on on interest from uh, private lending. And, and so as she started to talk to me more about it, that warmed me up to the idea of, of doing the turnkey rentals. So that was next. Got it. Before you go into turnkey rentals, Mm -hmm. the tax on interest rates not being favorable. Can you explain that? Well, you know, the, the interest payments that you get on the private loans, there, there's no, there's no depreciation, you know, on it, or it's basically taxed as ordinary income. So, you know, while it's, while it's a nice, a nice return, you know, you definitely pay the tax man. (laughs) Yep. For sure. Okay. Okay. So turnkey, so turnkey, so now you're you're into the buy and hold, and and you're you're not out there buying the properties, uh, you know, looking through the neighborhood and buying them yourself. You're 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 finding these quote turnkey properties. So what is a turnkey property? How do you find them? And uh, tell us about your experiences. Yeah. So uh, that that term turnkey, I mean, basically it, it means buying a rental property that somebody else has basically sourced it, um, done the necessary rehab to it put a tenant in place. And most of the time, not all the time, they, they stay on and are the property manager of it too. And, you know, once all that stuff's in place and a tenant's been found, that's typically when the investor is engaged to buy it. So there's cash flow coming in right from the time that you, that you get it. And I would say that it's, it's meant to be basically a very hands-off, supposed to be, hands-off, hassle-free experience for investors. That's how it's, that's how it's sold. And from what I gather, you know, your mileage may vary in the turnkey game. Uh, there's some good ones and there's some not so good ones. I think I found a good one. So how, how I mean, how did you find your turnkey provider? I'll go there. Uh, there's mm-hmm. kind of like a hundred questions I want to ask you on this, but <laughs> right. uh, how did you find your turnkey provider? And then, I mean, how do you, I don't know, how do you know you're not going to get burned from them? Like, how do you just trust this company is just going to do a good job? Right. So, you know, my experience is a little unique. OK, so I I, uh, I follow that space. I, I read the forums. And so I know what other people are going through. And so I know for a lot of folks, you know, they they, they do a Google search. They they read a bigger pockets forum and they, they get a few companies and they kind of go look them up. And and that's the beginning of the relationship. Whereas with me, I actually knew my turnkey provider a couple of years ahead of time through this whole private lending thing. So I had a unique insight into how they were going to do things. So I had a, you know, an extra level of confidence. So that's not a typical entry point for most people, I think, getting into turnkey. Okay. So what about those people that are listening right now that don't know a turnkey provider? Do you have any advice for them for, for how do you know you're not going to pick the wrong one or how can you prevent it? Well, well, there certainly is a lot on the web there in terms of uh, people's reputations, and 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 there there is enough information I think out there for say for instance folks that have not had great experiences. Uh, I certainly have read a lot of them, and if you if you continue to to delve into it, and I've called people too, you know, I, I've called potential, I've called investors and in companies that I was considering. They lived out of state 
talk to them about their experiences and things of that nature. And what you tend to find is that a few names start to kind of bubble up to the top that are consistently considered to be quality. And, and so you can find it. It's just it takes a little bit of a little bit of due diligence. But I, I think it's not too hard to find out who the good ones are and bad ones. Yeah, I think I think that's true. And, and like you said, you called, you know, people who mm-hmm. had those turnkey companies. I mean, like if I was going to go out and I don't know, buy anything, I typically ask for other people, hey, who's ever bought this before? Like if I want to I want to buy a I'm thinking about buying a uh, what do they call the Toyota RAV4? Like I'm, I really am. I'm like, hey, that kind of seems like a cool car. So I'm asking, right. hey. Has anybody listened to this podcast about a Rav Four? What do you think? Leave a message in the comments at biggerpockets.com slash show two nineteen. Did you wow, like that? You selfish, I totally selfish shifted bastard. the gear to me. But anyway, so like I nice. want to ask people's advice. So same thing, right? Like if you're gonna go deal with a turkey right. company, talk to them. I mean, hey, can you give me the name of ten of your clients? And then actually call those clients and just dig into them and, and find out. Yeah, and, and that was really useful because I, I found it there was a there's a wide variety of of what people will consider due diligence or, or what's adequate for them. And, and a lot of that's based on their prior experience. Like I talked sure. to one woman out in California when I was considering buying some, some turnkey in Cleveland and, you know, she, she owned a couple and she'd never, she never had been to the city. She just basically bought them off the internet, but they were also like her ninth and 10th properties. And so she'd already bought a few others, other places. And so just that comfort level of making a big purchase like that, strictly based off of uh, online and not going there physically to, to look at the neighborhood or look at the property, which is what I had just done, you know? So it was amazing the, the, the variety of what people will, will, will consider to be due diligence with turnkey. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we definitely recommend that people do not do that, especially if they're new, like, you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't just go. And that, that's why a lot of people give me grief about all the Detroit stuff, but <laughs> You know, that's the whole point here is, is, you know, you got to do your homework. You got to get, you know, boots on the ground, whether they're yours or somebody else's that you know and that you trust um, and take a look at these properties. You know, there's there's companies who market pigs and call them Mm -hmm. something else um, because, you know, you're not going out there. You're not looking at it. You don't see the neighborhoods. You don't know where they're necessarily putting these properties up. And you can very quickly get burned to Brandon's point. So especially if you're new, make sure if you're thinking about picking up turnkey properties that you do a thorough job vetting the company um, and then get out there, see what they're talking about. Look at their operation. Look at the properties that they've they've, you know, already done projects with and and, uh, talk to talk to other folks. No doubt. So mine in particular they're about an hour away. And so I can, I can drive to them and, and, and see them and everything. Although I will say I would be comfortable doing the real long distance thing at this point, but it just so happens that, you know, my provider and my network and all that, not too, too far away, but I, I, I rarely see the properties anymore. So what cities yeah. do you buy in? Uh, Jacksonville okay. exclusively at this point. Yep. Okay. Okay. Florida. So- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a guy, I had a guy tell me, um, from bigger pockets actually emailed me last week and he said, you know, Brandon, I need your help. I'm so worried. I I'm working with this turnkey company. We're a couple of days from closing and it's 40 grand. My last, I mean, it's really like most of my life savings, 40 grand. And now I'm getting nervous and I don't know, is the property in a bad condition? I don't know. And you know, he had all these problems. And like my email was like 
fly there. I mean, like if you're talking 40 grand, what's mm-hmm. 400 bucks for a flight to go there? Check it out. Mm-hmm. Like sleep in a car. I don't care. Just like get, get there and go check it out. Drive the neighborhood and see what you're doing. And the, the second piece of advice that you have people is don't ever rely on a turnkey provider to do the, your math homework for you. Like yeah. they're, they're incentivized. A turnkey company is incentivized to make the property look as good as possible on paper for you. And I'm not Absolutely. saying they're, yeah, they're not being deceptive. I'm not saying all, all turnkey companies are even most are deceptive. I think they're good companies, but at the end of the day, it's on you to do your homework. You to do you. the math. So, and if people Absolutely. want help, with, if you people want help with their little math homework, we do have calculators on Bigger Pockets. Uh, mm-hmm. You can uh, use them five times, I think, for free. If you're a free member or if you're a pro member, you can get unlimited access. So, if you want to check them out, go to biggerpockets.com/analysis, and you can get a kind of a free trial there. So, try it out. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. So, yeah, the turnkeys were, were, you know, that's that's been a big thing for me. And and you know, having bought our first one in fourteen, and, and so having had them for a little bit now, I can truly say that they've been relatively passive. I mean, you know, a few phone calls, emails, that kind of thing, and we've had two vacancies, but it's really been a um, a pretty passive experience, which was which was a key for me. And so, I think a good turnkey provider uh, is could be a good thing for other professionals who want some exposure to real estate and don't want to have to give up a lot of time. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24-7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60 day money back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect monitoring at slash pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You've heard us talk about it before. High interest rates are crushing real estate investors, leaving even some of the best investors in need of funding now. But with today's liquidity crisis, who can fill the demand? With Fundrise, America's largest direct-to-investor alternative asset manager, 
you have the opportunity to. Fundrise's new opportunistic private credit strategy was designed specifically for this new market environment. Fundrise supplies high-demand bridge financing on high-quality assets with credit-worthy borrowers. Top real estate investors get the funding they need while you walk away getting paid a healthy interest rate. To date, Fundrise has completed more than $500 million worth of private credit deals with an average net interest of 10.8%, and they've already amassed a pipeline worth more than $300 million. Don't sit on the sidelines. You can take advantage of this unique window of opportunity while it lasts with Fundrise's new private credit strategy. Ready to start? Go to Fundrise.com pockets to learn more. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash pockets. This is a paid endorsement for Fundrise. Past performance is not indicative of future results. All investments can lead to loss. Your competitors are fighting for your customer's attention. So how do you stand out? Easy. Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Reach new audiences, grow your customer list, sell more, raise more, and fast-track your growth. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business through email and SMS marketing, social media, and even events management. Don't know much about marketing? Don't sweat it, because Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. And with my boot camps and live events, I just don't have the time to clone myself. So I just let Constant Contact do the marketing for me, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. What, what what kind of return can somebody expect on a turnkey property? You know, you go out yeah. and talk, we talk about the 2% rule, the 1%, yeah. you know, we talk about these different kinds of returns. What could somebody expect from different turnkey properties? Well, I, I can speak from my experience. So having listened to a lot of you guys' material and everything, I, I try to stick to the, the 1% rule, you know, getting that 1% of the purchase price is rent at least per month and and trying to stick to those B neighborhoods, you know, not too expensive, but, but definitely not, uh, not, not war zone either. And, and, and that's what, that's what I've done. So all my properties adhere to the 1% rule. It's gotten a little bit tougher to, to get that, um, the Jacksonville market is, you know, it's heating up as a lot of them are. It's got good, good demographics and people are moving there and everything. So it's getting harder to find things. But that's what I try to stick to neighborhood wise and, and return wise. OK, got it. And how many total right. deals have you done now? Um, turnkey ones? We just, just recently picked up our seventh. Seventh. OK, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And, and what yeah. are you averaging? I mean, what's what's the average purchase price for these properties then? Yeah, the average purchase price has been around eighty thousand, and the rent has been anywhere from nine fifty to eleven hundred. Okay, and I'm assuming tenant mm-hmm. usually pays their own like water, sewer, garbage, things like that. Absolutely, absolutely, okay. yes. Right. And so, on these turnkey properties, are you buying them like I, you would any other property? I go and I find a property in my neighborhood. I want to buy it as a rental house, so mm-hmm. I buy the house. I put twenty percent down or less, and is that what you're doing on these twenty percent? Actually, no. You know, the, the first couple were, were cash purchases. And then I did a, somewhat of a unique thing. I, I kind of went to the to the friends and family, as it were, and, and got some private money from them and have done the, the remainder of the deals with some short term private money down. Actually, okay. I knew I knew some people in my network that had some cash sitting around that wasn't doing anything. And so, you know, we structured a, a private loan to me and uh, that's how I've been able to to get the rest. 
Okay. Can you explain how, how you did that exactly? And how would, mm-hmm. you know, how would your, your peers your for the people that you borrowed from expect to get a return? How are you going to pay them back? Yeah. Well, you know, I structured it as a, as a, as an interest only either a one or a two year loan with a balloon type situation. And basically between, you know, my earnings, uh, some flip profits and some other things, that's how I'm able to, to, to pay people back. But kind of more more globally here now, I'm actually working on my first cash out refinance as well. So properties have gone up, you know, a good 15, 20 percent or so. At least that's that's what what it looks like. And with interest rates getting ready to you know go up, I think now is a good time to do that. So that's that's ultimately what I'm going to do as well. That's awesome. So yeah. that's kind of the exit strategy on using the short term lending as you, you acquire mm-hmm. with the short term refinance yep. it later. Sounds, exactly. Sounds a little like the burr strategy to me. Yes, a indeed. Bit. A bit. Indeed. All right. Well, cool. All right. So then, so you, you've been doing the, the, you started with the private lending, moved into the uh, turnkey space. And then I, I read somewhere that you've been doing some crowdfunding stuff as well. Can we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So in, in my lookings around for, for alternatives, I was a pretty early adopter on the, on the real estate crowdfunding. I, I started participating on some of the platforms in late 2013 and have continued to do so over this time. And so uh, definitely have done a, a number of those deals, which uh, for folks that don't know, what I do on them is principally debt deals. So the same way that I was providing money to people in my network to flip houses, it's really the same concept. It's just that you're doing it online through a website and you're putting in a fraction of the money because it's a crowdfunded loan. So you don't have to put up, put up all the money. So it's a very cool way to do some private lending with a much lower amount of money per deal anyway. How much are you putting per deal approximately? Yeah. You know, when I first started, it was difficult to do anything less than $5,000 per deal. And now there's a few that are proliferated that uh, you can do a thousand or, and there's one in particular that lets you put in as little as a hundred bucks. So, yeah. Interesting. So what kind of returns do you see on that? Yeah. I mean, like, are you, what kind of percentage return do you, do you hope for or get? Well, yeah, I was, I was looking at that and, and prep for the show. So over the years that I've been doing it, I've averaged 11%. Now I will say in the earlier years, it was much easier to get the offerings on the platforms were, you know, routinely 12, 13%. And I think now that more and more people have gotten into it, I think the platform, the, the yields have gone down. You know, it's, it's kind of more in the nine, 10 percent range. But still, that's that's not bad to be able to, you know, be secured and, and, and still get that kind of return compared to, you know, what's out there otherwise. So, so how many how many of these crowdfunding deals have you participated in? Um, 35 at this point. Thirty five. And have they, have they all worked out well or are some still going on, I'm assuming, or any failed? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, 35. Uh, I think it's had 13 that have successfully exited. You know, they've, they've, they, they paid their interest throughout the year or whatever and got my capital back. And there's three that are in basically various stages of default at this point. And so they, they were paying. And then, you know, when the project was time to wrap up, you know, something Something didn't go quite quite so well. They weren't able to sell or refinance, that kind of deal. And so the platforms will send you notifications that they are doing the legal thing and 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 will take back the property. And and thus far, I've gotten assurances, at least, that I'll eventually be made whole. But, uh, you know, depending on the state that it's in and everything, you know how long that could potentially take. Interesting. So three out of 35, you know, not bad and, and haven't lost any money thus far. <laughs> so you've had least. 13 exits, mm-hmm. three in some stage of default. So that's 16. That are, 16 that are performant. Another. Yeah. 
and then uh, another mm-hmm. that's great that's great yeah. and how how can you avoid those three how, how does one <laughs> and and I, I you know i i haven't done anything on the crowdfunding platforms mm-hmm. but i'm assuming that there's enough info to potentially protect yourself but may, maybe you know it's just inevitable yeah i mean i think that the 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 good platforms out there and, and over the years, there's a few of them that have emerged as kind of like the, you know, kind of the, the industry leaders. You know, they, they've been around uh, for several or a few years now, at least, which is about as long as you can be around as a real estate crowdfunding platform. And I think they've gotten more selective as to who they let on there. They call them sponsors, the people that put the deals on there. And the track record, they have to have a good track record before they can get on the platform. And all that information's there. So you can see, like, how many deals they've done, what's their what their success percent's been and all that. So it's all there for you and all the all the merits of the deal itself in terms of, you know, the ARV or whatever the exit strategy. So you can you can comb through all that stuff. But ultimately, you know, I, I do think that the, the the main thing is if you're going to do it, I think you need to be involved in in sort of multiple small deals spread out all over, you know, some diversification because some of them are going to, you know, inevitably go bad. I think that's smart. Yeah. I never really thought about that before. You know, I've thought about, Hey, maybe I'll just take, you know, five or 10 grand and just throw it into one and see what happens. But Mm -hmm. I actually like the idea of thinking, well, why don't I just do 10 of them and see where they, yeah. Yeah. If you're only going to do five or 10 grand, I would go with one of the sites that lets you put like a grand on each pro, you know what I mean? And spread it out. That's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very smart. I never thought Mm -hmm. about that. So very cool. Very cool. Well, so what's your, what's your plans going forward from this? I mean, where do you see yourself in the next uh, three, five, 10 years? You want to quit your job eventually or, or buy more properties? Or? Yeah, we'll definitely want to continue to acquire more rentals. I mean, that's, that's that thinking about that, that's going to be, you know, basically the a big supplement for the, the retirement kind of thing, you know, keeping these rental properties right. and whatnot. So that, that's definitely a big thing. I want to continue to do the private lending and, you know, in talking with my colleagues and, and just other people in my social circle, just trying to get the word out about these other ways to invest money, right? And so that was kind of the impetus to start the blog, book, that kind of thing. So trying to be a, an educational resource for people. Got it. Got it. That's awesome. All right. So, you know, I'm, I, I talk to a lot of people who are, mm-hmm. are, you know, they don't want to be the landlord. They don't want to yeah. buy and hold property themselves. They don't want to deal with all the, the the drama, you know, the market they're worried about, they're concerned. What would you tell them? Where where would you tell that guy to start if if they wanted to be in the real estate game? Would you would you say crowdfunding? Would you say the private lending? Would you um, turnkey? I mean, you still do kind of have to do some management. Yeah. So yeah. Well, um, it's interesting. You know, I, I got I got contacted by um, a colleague. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a colleague. He's a a new graduate, fresh out of residency, a new new doctor. Tons of debt um, that he's got to pay off, which was my situation. But he wants to he wants to get into the real estate game. And he asked me my advice. So I was just tackling this last week. And, you know, he's got a fairly modest amount of money. And that's exactly what I told him. I was like, you know what? You should take advantage of the technological innovation with this crowdfunding. I mean, to be able to get into private lending for such modest amounts of money, that's incredible. And so I told him that I would recommend that he do that if he's looking strictly for a passive investment, but want some exposure to real estate. So that's what I that's what I would encourage folks to do. Yeah, right on. And what would you tell yourself if you were talking to yourself when you were well, I don't know. You were when you graduate all your schooling for being a doctor. You're probably 40 already. But uh, what would you tell a younger you, maybe in the 20s, uh, about getting into this? Would you have started a lot sooner if you had known? 
I would have. I definitely would have. I, I think about the opportunities to maybe have, you know, plucked up some some of these properties, you know, uh, after the the mortgage crisis and that kind of deal where, where yep. you know, where deals really could have been had. So that would have been awesome if I would have had the knowledge and, and I wouldn't have been scared to just take the plunge and be able to get some some of these properties so much cheaper. So that yeah. would have been that would have been great. Yes. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, before we go to the to the fire round. Because you do other investments outside of real estate, I'm, yeah, I'm just curious if you could give us like two or three minutes on some of those other investments, some of the other strategies that you employ in, in those alternate investments. Right. So uh, as it turns out, I really like lending money and, and basically high yield debt in, in all its forms. So certainly – uh, private mortgage lending is one, but some of the other online platforms that have emerged kind of along with real estate crowdfunding, uh, there's consumer lending that you can do. They call it peer-to-peer lending, where you can basically loan money unsecured, okay, to somebody online, and you're basically doing the same kind of analysis on them that a you know a bank or a credit card company would do. You know, they have their they have their FICO score and their income, their debt to income ratio, and all that. And you can loan uh, an individual person money. And is that like Prosper Lending Club? Those exactly, guys. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So Lending Club's the one in particular I've been on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been Definitely like that. Lending Club as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And in another area that I don't think as many people know about is you can do you can basically do the same thing as Lending Club, but to small businesses. There's a lot fewer platforms and the profile isn't as big, but there are platforms out there that cater to small businesses, not startups. Okay. These are established small businesses that have revenue, customers, all that kind of stuff. And and they want loans that basically are too small for the banks to want to deal with, like maybe 50,000, 75,000. And the platforms will crowdfund those out to investors too. And the yields on them are, can be comparable to private mortgage lending. You're talking, you know, mid teen percent um, and, and, and they'll do it because they don't have really any other way to get those kind of loans. What are, so that's uh, a, name one or two of those platforms? Yeah, there's one. Uh, funding Circle is one, cool. and uh, P to B Investor. That's P, the letter two, and B Investor. That's another one. So cool. definitely something to check out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. No, that's great. That's great. Really helpful. Cool. All right. What do you think, Brandon? Is it time? I think it's time. Why don't we head over to the dangerous fire round? Fire round. It's time for the fire round. All right, the fire round. These questions come direct out of the Bigger Pockets forums, which, of course, our listeners can get to and should be interacting with on a daily basis over at biggerpockets.com slash forums. Uh, great bunch of people over there just answering questions and offering advice. So, uh, and I know you're familiar with that as well. Let's get to these questions. Number one, it's a little bit longer, but I'm gonna read the whole thing because I think it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, at the moment, I'm working on my business card to get set up uh, as an, a wholesaler. My question is, Before I start going to a local meetup and networking, should I have multiple business cards, like one for sellers, another for buyers, or should I just have one card that has information for both types of people? What do you think? Hmm. Don't know if I'm the expert in that, but I would I would tend to specialize and have uh, a card for each type of uh, person you're going to interact with. I think uh, that, that comes across as better. I agree. I like it. Fair enough. Cool. All right. Next question. I'm looking into my first deal, but I don't have a ton of money. Should I buy something cheaper, but in a worse location, 
like a war zone potentially, or wait to save up more to buy in a better neighborhood? I would definitely recommend that you wait and save up and buy in a better neighborhood. Yes. Um, yes, definitely. Agreed. All right. That was easy. Yeah. All right. See, this is how the fire round's supposed to be. Yeah, nothing okay. quick. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, I have $400,000 in student loan debt, but I should be making $300,000 a year as a dermatologist starting this year. Mm-hmm. Should I? So I'm sure you're familiar with people who have massive student loan debt, but they're going to make yes. massive income. So should mm-hmm. I wait to invest? What do you suggest? Well, I, I think that would come down to what the what the interest rate and structure is on that student loan debt. Now, for me, this is kind of a little longer answer. For me, when I didn't I didn't have a lot of good ideas about how to invest my money, I, my first few years I poured into paying off really some low interest student loan debt. That in retrospect, it might have been smarter to let ride and use some of that money to invest. So basically, I think it comes down to how that debt is structured. If it's long term and and low interest, I might uh, pay the minimum on that and then do more aggressive investing because you can't make up for that time. You know. Got it. Awesome. All right. Last question. What's the worst thing a tenant has done to one of your properties? Man, I, I, I gotta say, I've had a pretty charmed existence. I mean, they, they, the the couple of vacancies I've had, pretty minor. So no, no horror stories there. Just, Wish I had the, something more just exciting. Vacancies. Just no, vacancies. it's all good. Routine stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Perfect. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's head over and close out this show with our world famous. Famous four. All right. These are the same four questions we ask every guest every week, and we're going to throw them at you right now, Kenyon. Number one, what is your favorite real estate related book? Yeah, a little, little different one here. Bridge Over Troubled Wall Street by Stephen Gardner. He is a financial planner, but he advocates for alternative strategies for folks, including doing bridge loans and private mortgage lending. So definitely a, a book I would recommend. Awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. We love when we get new uh, suggestions. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Uh, what about favorite business book? The Alternative Answer by Jim Rice. It's basically kind of a primer introductory book on alternative assets. Uh, covers a whole range of things. Just awesome. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. What about hobbies? What do you do for fun when you're not investing in real estate? Yeah, used to be a a big time video gamer. I still squeeze in a little bit here or there occasionally. By your age, you're talking about like Duck Hunt (laughs) and Legend of Zelda, right? Well, hey, I I stretch back to that. I remember the the old Atari. I know, man. We're the same age. I get it. Absolutely. So no, man, I'm I'm I made the transition. I, I got my Call of Duty and Battlefield occasionally. Ah, uh, nice. Okay. I've been big I into Battlefield. I've been big into Battlefield One lately. It's been my my jam. Right. It's complicated for me. Too many buttons. Oh, well, there's the old man on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> Where's get out of here? <laughs> get off my did, did you guys hear? Did you guys hear about? Uh, I just saw this video that Duck Hunt is being either was released or is being released as a virtual reality game, and so you're like with the or whatever so you like you get the oh, gun nice. and you're in a total 3d world of playing the classic duck hunt game i'm excited well, for I'm, that. I'm looking forward to that oculus getting up to speed I, I'm, I'm gonna take a look at that for sure yeah next I few years are gonna be exciting zombies out there in the world like who yep. needs crack anymore <laughs> <Not my Oculus. laughs> well imagine because they're owned by facebook right so imagine the day when you go on facebook it just means putting on your your virtual reality glasses and just uh Hanging out with your friends in some weird online. I don't know. It's going to be weird. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Exciting. All right. My last question of the day. What do you believe sets apart successful 
real estate investors from all those who give up, fail, or never get started? I think having a great knowledge base before you delve in, and that that includes having a, a pretty clear idea of what the downsides could be. Um, once I knew that, that, that gave me the confidence to, to wade in and, and, and try my first deal and, and go at it. So that that's what I would say. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right. Last question for me is where can people find out more about you? Yeah, well, they can uh, check out my site. It's alternativefinancialmedicine.com. There you'll find some uh, cool interviews, including some folks that you guys know, like uh, Nav, Athwal, head of Realty Shares, that kind of thing. You know, people that I've uh, gotten in my network. And I also want to uh, plug a book of the uh, same title, Alternative Financial Medicine, uh, just released early this week on Amazon, where I talk about all these uh, alternative strategies that I'm into. That's awesome. Cool. That's, that's yeah. exciting. Congrats on the, on the book. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Definitely. Excellent. Well, th- thank you for coming on. We definitely do appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you around the Bigger Pockets community. And thanks so much for sharing these alter, alter, I can't, can't say the damn word, alternate <laughs> real estate Al- investments. Alternative. Is that a better word? Alternative. Alternative. Yes. Like alternative yes. rock. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Kenyon, thank you so much for being here. This was fun. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll see you. All right, guys, that was Dr. Kenyon Meadows. Big thanks again to Mr. Meadows. That was awesome, man. Yeah, it was. I, I like learning uh, you know, from people who are doing things a little different than I am. I've never done crowdfunding. I've never done a turnkey. Uh, and I've only done a little bit of private lending. So you know, I'm learning stuff uh, every time I do these shows. So very cool. That's great. That's great. And, and what you had talked about in the beginning is you know, even if you don't do that, thinking about it as an investor who might yeah. be soliciting a private investor and hearing from his side just kind of give, gives you an alternate yep. idea of, of how to do things. Yeah. Alternative assets, just like uh, wow. our guest today talks about. So fancy, cool. Fancy. Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Good show. Cool. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the latest, man? I, I feel like I saw a picture of your backyard with like snow in it. Don't we, you live in Seattle? Does it ever snow there? <laughs> we did get a couple inches and uh, it like uh, it covered everything in some white snow. It was pretty cool. But it's all gone now. Now it's just rain again because that's what we do. Wow. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's all right. No, it's uh, I don't know. What's, what's been new in your world? I mean, I haven't even talked to you very much lately. You've been like off like doing like cool CEO things and I've been in my basement chained to where you chained me a few years ago and I haven't left. Wow. That's <laughs> kind of kinky or weird. <laughs> I know, something. I don't know what you do, man. Just don't share it with me. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. You know, we've had my, my folks in town for a while due to some family illness stuff. As of today, uh, of the date of recording, uh, they, they have boarded a plane uh, on their way home. So I want to wish them lots of luck on their journey. Um, but uh, now things are good, man. Just, uh, you know what we saw this past week? I went to an awesome show. It was rain. It was songs of the Beatles. I brought the kids. It was a little late. It was like, a, what was it? A seven o'clock show. So my six-year-old by nine was out cold. Um, my, my eight-year-old made it all the way till the end at 10, but it was cool. It was like going back to a 1960s concert, which, nice. you know, obviously uh, I, I wouldn't know anything about. You, you wouldn't. We are both dead then. Are you dead before you're alive? I don't know. How do you say that? I don't know. You're the pastor. <laughs> I'm not the pastor. You're but, a youth pastor, youth no, minister. No, what are you? I'm a youth leader. It's a very different thing. What's, oh, because you couldn't qualify to be a pastor. <laughs> they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> Apparently, you have to be ordained to be a called pastor. Apparently, the I standards. Know. I hope the standards are higher for a youth leader than a, a, a minister. Like you know, you have our children at hand. I do. I uh, I'm teaching the young generation how to not be complete 
the screw ups, you know, working on it. Oh, wow. Well, maybe we should find another teacher for that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you guys noticed today on the show, we did what's called the random five, which is a new segment of the show that if you listen to the past few episodes of the bigger pockets podcast, it's at the very very end after the music plays and everything, you'll find a segment that we hid in there. So if you didn't hear that, go back there and listen. But Josh, I want to ask you a couple of these random five questions. Oh yeah, go for it. Let's do it. Number one. What is the strangest date you've ever been on? What is the strangest date you've ever been on? I'm asking you. (laughs) Oh, the strangest date I've ever been on. That's a good question. I, I didn't do a lot of, oh, you know what? Strangest date I've ever been on was the first date with my current wife. Really? Yes. We went out and uh, we, I lived in LA. We went out to the movies and back in the day I was pretty broke and never carried cash. Everything was on my credit card. So we're living in LA. We go to the movies first or did we go to dinner? We went to dinner first, uh, bought it on my credit card, went to the movies. Very financially savvy of you. Good job. Yes. Went to the movies. And of course, this was one of those, you know, the little movie chains that, that play the local movies and things like that, you know, artsy movies. And they did not take credit cards and I had no cash. And it was embarrassing. Yeah, it was it embarrassing. really, really embarrassing. Your first date. Ouch. That was the first date. And that is my current wife. So that's how amazing she is. Who would have ever thought that Josh Dorgan, who had no money for a movie, would someday... I, I don't know. What did you do in life? Nothing. Not go to the you, movies? You, yeah, you still go to the movies. Expensive. <laughs> exactly. I had 15 bucks to go see a movie. Come on. Yeah, we can watch, Come it on, on. watch it on Redbox later or Netflix or whatever. Yeah, whatever. All, All right, right next good one. answer. All right, next one. If you could, uh, how about this one? Have you ever set up two friends on a date? How did it go? I don't think I have. Really? Yeah. I, I've always shied away from connecting people out of fear that I would piss everybody off. Wow, that's uh, very deep. I'm not sure if that's a, uh, you know, telling of your personality or what. I don't know. It's telling of something. All right. Uh, next one. Do you have any physical features you try to cloak or hide? How come? <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> that's a that's next a question. Pers- very personal question. <laughs> <laughs> next question. Uh, uh, do you secretly, uh, okay, I'll tell Alice, do you secretly miss Polaroid cameras, the instant cameras? I, you know, I never use them a lot, but I was at a kid's birthday party the other day and they are actually back. I've they now that. have Polaroid cameras again and they're pretty cool. But, uh, no, I don't. Cause the quality was always terrible. It was kind of, but it was kind of fun. But it, we it today with our phones, we're like, Hey, look at there I am. Yeah, it's but like, then people never print them out and actually have a physical no. version of those pictures, which is kind of nice. Maybe that's the next company that Josh Dorkin makes is uh, an iPhone attachment that prints out your photos like a Polaroid. I'm sure they exist. <laughs> I'm sure they I'm do. sure they exist. Do you have any more questions? Uh, okay, I got one more. Last one. How Come do on. you how do you engage with panhandlers on the street? Wow. Uh, I would say the majority of time I will acknowledge them, look them in the face and say, sorry, I don't have anything. Um, on occasion, if they look like they're potentially disturbed, I'll just walk by very quickly. And once in a while, I mean, like, uh, you know, when I used to live in New York City and I was always walking with my my lunch to work, um, you know, I'd go to a McDonald's or somewhere and pick up a bite. I'd have an extra burger or something and I'd always give it to them. Nice. So. Yeah, cool. one of one of a few options. Ran- randomly throw money at somebody, uh, not actually throw it. Like here you go, it's flying. 
<laughs> if you can yeah. catch it, you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, well, good job. All right. I get to ask you next time, so yeah. All right, well, next time we'll try to remember that. All right. All right, well, let's get out of All here. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We're out of here. Take care. Peace. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.